0: Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs podcast. The audio experience for basketball officials. Serve the game.
1: Now, let me just say this to everybody. I want you guys to have the versatility and the ability to referee any game on any level at any time, anywhere. That being said, the closer you can get to a universal approach every single time you go out on the court, regardless of the level, the better off you're going to be. welcome to talks with taylor our brand new show <laughs> Oh goodness. You, know, you know what I, I knew you had so many so many great questions uh the other day once you sent me that list and i'm like you know we got to make this a group call because there's a lot of good stuff here so feel free at any time guys if you want to ask a question or hop into the discussion but um i think uh taylor uh, excuse me taylor's questions will help everybody on this call including myself so i know you have a lot of them i'll listen to you oh is gonna say hi say hello hello say hello you got a wave you just came in the screen you got a wave no okay <laughs> we're working on that um uh, but yeah uh, i'm happy to listen why don't you just take me through what you want to talk about first and um let's get rocking
2: yeah, so um, when I went to ask, because after that camp, I was really motivated to start refing immediately right after, and I knew of this camp about, or this league about 45 minutes away from my house, and um, I thought it was just high school. I knew some adult men were playing, but um, when I showed up, I just asked him. He's like, we need refs really badly. He said, show up tomorrow, and I did. I didn't know I was going to be doing men's league. Um, but there's actually 31 teams in this league and 16 high school teams. And, um, I just didn't know, like, I was like, if I didn't go to that camp, I probably would have not had confidence in myself no. to do this men's league at all, honestly, just cause it's a lot fast paced, um, a lot more mouthier than what I'm used to. And I learned a lot already just from doing it, but, um, I was going to say where I'm at though, um, We had to make some rules and I have the the city rules right here and I was going to say some of them that are highlighted is like, I just thought I would read it out to everybody. Um, It says any threats against the referees or any league worker result in automatically being put out of the league. Um, Loud profanity and cursing will not be permitted and then you'll get one technical foul and then you might be put out of the league, but they had to make this rule. Um, If a player or coach gets one technical foul, they are out of the game for the rest of the game. If the player or the coach gets two fouls, they are out of the league for the rest of the summer. Um, And then if the team gets five technicals overall, their whole team is out of the league and they don't get refunded. And um, I think that's very important that they had – well, I think it's crazy that they had to bolt it in general. But where I'm at, like, um, they've done the new statistics, and this is, like, the number one crime rate here in West Virginia. And they said in the past, like, two years ago, someone slapped a ref over a call. Um, So it's pretty bad. Like, they're just – they need refs really bad right here. And nobody wants to do this. Like, I thought –
1: (laughs) <laughs> no, it's good you it's good you have pleasure. those it's good you have those rules in place I mean we're talking about a men's league uh rules yeah. here, but those rules back up and protect the officials you know i have always said I haven't always said but I've said before maybe we should change the national rule to one tech and you're gone because there would be a lot less <laughs> techs and a lot less uh game management to do but um oh, yeah. that being said, you know I, I always tell. I always tell female officials, I always tell every official, work men's leagues, because those are high caliber reps. But I love female officials that referee men, that referee boys or men. So you're getting invaluable reps from doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also a huge opportunity for female officials to work men's college. There's only two Division One men's officials that are female right now, I think, could be three. Um, I interviewed Crystal Hogan a few years back. She was the first one that did it. And when I heard that stat, I'm like, wow, there's no, this is the first one? Like, what took so long? But my point is, and I go to a lot of camps, there's not a lot of female officials pursuing the men's side. So it's just something to think about, you know, maybe down the road, maybe you want (laughs) to be a men's college official. I don't know. But um, tell me about some of the questions you have from uh, working men's
3: leagues.
2: Yeah, so I, I wrote them down, um, you know, as being a new official, this is going to be my third year starting, um, be the ant, not the elephant, as a new official, um, like there's some stuff that I probably wouldn't have like, you know, let go, but they've been doing it for 20 years and it's men, so I really don't know how to judge it, like they let the men talk a lot even to the rest, like.
1: are you Are you even 20 years old, how do you know how long they've been doing it?
2: <laughs> they said they tell me they tell me they've been doing this for 20 some years you know they've been doing it for a while is what they because I've talked to them a little bit I just met all the officials down this way and um I'll, I'll tell you something else that caught me off guard I showed up the first two days in a referee official uniform and they said hey you know you don't have to wear that we work every day so nobody else had the official jersey on okay sounds,
1: sounds very unofficial
2: yeah, I mean that—that kind of—I don't—I didn't ask questions why. I don't know if in the past they just because they need them so bad. I don't know if you know they're working every night so they can't wash them. Right. I, I well, didn't really question that, but I just thought you know I wore it the first two days and nobody else wore it, so I was like maybe I should—I should just blend in with them, I guess, in a t-shirt. <laughs> I
1: mean, we are getting—we're getting. Go ahead, keep going.
2: Yeah, and then I was going to say, like, um, you know, just being the official, like, you know, you start the game or whatever, and um, then you got plays, like, if we let something go on one end, and then you go on the other end, and the official calls it, and then the players are like, hey, why didn't you call that on this end, the official will be like, well, I can only call on my end, this is what I see, and he talks to him like that, and just kind of, or he can't control the other officials, but he can control what he does type of deal.
1: So, a, good res, a good response for that is, "Hey, sometimes plays are this. Um, sometimes plays can be similar, but they're never the same.
2: Never the okay.
1: You know, yeah.
2: <laughs> I had that. I just thought that was kind of crazy that he would say that. And then, you know, um, there was my very first time there. You know, um, it was two games. They were pretty fifteen points, so it was easy. It wasn't bad. But then the last game was a really intense game." And um, one guy, he he came in, he he got stuffed. Like, I saw the guy hit the ball. Well, he fell to the ground because he wanted a foul. And he yelled at me because I I stayed down with him because he was on the ground. I kind of thought he was hurt at first, but he just was on the ground to yell at me. And I said, sorry, but I saw tip. And I immediately was like, I'm never saying sorry again because he started immediately yelling. He's like, don't be sorry. Call the foul. I said, I saw tip. I, I was like, well, now I know not to say sorry. I saw this. So I learned that real quick. I was like, well, that didn't take long to learn. Like sometimes you just can't communicate with the athletes when they're heated. Like, how do you wait
1: to no, communicate? No, you can. No, you can. You just got to make sure you, you're saying the right things. And mm. we're very rarely going to just say, I'm sorry. You know, like, like we miss a call and we're a hundred percent. We miss a call. You, right. hey coach, you know, coach, I didn't like that call either. That's my bad. I, I got to get better. But to apologize, you know, that's not where we want to, how we want to uh, communicate with the players, you know, we got to mm-hmm. act as de-escalators. So, you know, I've I've spoken about this before, and this is Al Batista's stuff. But there's three voices for us to use on the court, and there's a real skill set from figuring out which voice to use at the right time. There's a authoritative voice when mm-hmm. we have to be loud when we have to run the game. Let's say it's a double technical foul, and you're trying to use proactive communication in order to de-escalate them. Right. So you're going to be loud. Like I'm a phys ed teacher. Sometimes I got to raise up when I have to speak to the kids to really get their attention. Right. Then there's a normal voice that's self-explanatory. That's going to be the voice you use most of the time. And then there's our de-escalation um, voice, calming the situation, taking somebody from a 10 to a two and knowing how to knowing how to get them from a 10 to a two by by just calming them lowering them right and uh this is all stuff you're going to learn with more and more experience so i'm glad you're kind of getting thrown out into the fire here but (laughs) but remember it sounds like a very unofficial league but it should not change who you are as a ref you should show up with your uniform you should show up calling the rules as written obviously (laughs) it's you have to be contextual with where you ref you're working a men's league it's different than working a high school games different than working a cio game in many ways but in many ways it's exactly the same so we have to continue that same standard people are going right. to respect people are going to respect you more doing it that way we got we got a question from chad got his hand up chad what's going on man hey uh
0: you know i'm really just big into changing the perceptions and and this happens in my school district where you have veteran teachers who will say, Well, that's how it's always been done. That's not an excuse. So I would um, definitely uh, encourage new officials to still continue to do their thing. You know, something simple as saying, Hey, I'd like to switch. I'd like to switch on files. I really need to work on that and I want to see different angles. Um, and I think it plays into something that you said, Paul, where, you know, some referees will say, well, it's $20 a game or it's $30 a game. So that's the level they're going to get. And, and we've got to start lifting each other up and, and pushing a different narrative because it becomes the chicken and the egg. Well, maybe the reason we're getting, only getting paid 20 or 30 is because that's the effort that officials are giving. So I would encourage a new official to still do all of the things that they're supposed to do and and then they don't have to worry about, well, now it's different and I got to get in a different mm-hmm. mindset when I go to my scholastic games or when I go to a camp. If you're if you're always prepared, then you're always ready. And that's something that myself and, and Alex and our crew that we really push each other when we're mentoring new officials that we tell them, like, hey, listen, we're going to we're going to play this. It's a game. And the, it's important to the kids that are playing. Um, and so that's just something that I really like to push out there. And I heard her say that, you know, like, hey, you know, the guy said, well, this is how we've been doing it for 20 years. Okay, I haven't been here for 20 years. So I'm here today, and this is how I'm going to have to handle my business.
1: Fantastic my- stuff, Chad. All, all spot on stuff, Taylor. So take everything he just said to you
2: yeah i was just you know not trying to because i was just grateful to be there you know to even be reffing and just have the opportunity but like i would love to switch i i've noticed um another thing where we have two gyms in this um gym this one gym two courts sorry um the C. whoever's in the C, you literally have two inches to work around and like sometimes i can't get good angles and i don't know if i should stay higher up because they stay higher up or if i should try to go lower just because I only have two inches to work with like when we throw the ball in out of bounce we usually throw it on the other side of the court just so that you know we don't have to worry about the line, line viol- violation and stuff so that one's hard for me like I hate working C and then sometimes I'll be in the C position all game
1: and this is just this is just um, a conversation about an unofficial court so for the benefit of everybody on the call, let, let's tailor this to more what we're going to see during a real game and a real season, all right? And well, I totally understand. I totally get where you're coming from. We've all worked in gyms that are not official, not regulation size, and it makes us do things that we wouldn't normally do in a real game. Um, but like I said, for the benefit of working real games, and that's why we're all here, is, is to move up during our real season. So um, tell me other some other plays-specific um, to what you're seeing recently?
2: So I wrote down some stuff. Um, Like at the end of the game, um, you know, or last like shot before halftime, you know, everybody's trying to get a shot up, you know, or playing really good defense, whoever has the ball. Um, I was trying, my partners, we were working or whatever. And the clock is on the other side of the gym. So I really wouldn't have been my call, but I saw the ball. I was just listening. So I counted it, but, it was a two point game. It was halftime. And then um, one of the refs that was watching, he was like, Do you think, are you sure that was good? And I was like, Well, I thought it was. He said, Well, really, it's technically your other partner's job, but he was walking off getting a drink. So he said, From now on, just communicate with your partners before you count a basket at the end. So I, I started like trying to really focus on that and trying to listen because I can't see the clock sometimes.
1: So let me just stop you there. Um, It's very important on last shot responsibilities that the person who has the last shot indicates to the other outside official that they have it, right? Mm -hmm. And then back to what you just said, um, they want you to get together with your partners before you score to wave it off. That's not true. Um, Whoever's primary it was, tap your chest, and either you're waving it off or you're scoring it. Uh-huh. And you're not asking your partner for help unless you, you need help, unless you're not a hundred percent, but mm-hmm. you know, 99.999% of the time, it's going to be a one person job.
2: Okay. That, that works. Then I'll write that down. Cause I, I was just like, well, cause the rest were like, technically it wouldn't have even been your call cause you don't have the best look. But I mean, they said someone had to make the call. Um, and then uh, I was going to talk about unsportsmanlike, um, there was a few situations like a team was up by probably 30 points and a kid, he blew a kiss to the person before he shot it. And then, you know, just stuff like that. And uh, I talked to the ref and at halftime we told him like, hey, you don't need to do that. Like, just play ball. Um, you talk to the was, player, right? Yes. Yeah. If it was like a close game situation, how like how would you address that? Like, would that even be because I mean, it's just I don't know
1: i don't i don't think i would um touch a kiss unless like he kissed the the, and i actually (laughs) saw i actually saw i don't know where it was somebody sent me a clip or somebody told me a story that another player kissed another player and they had no idea how to to handle that like that's just abnormal stuff you know you're gonna see once in a lifetime (laughs) but i like what you did you went and spoke to them that's absolutely Mm -hmm. something we you know we have um, we have tools right, and we have a technical foul, or we have our words. So we're not going to give a technical foul there, but it's important. We don't want that behavior to continue. Behavior that we don't want to continue throughout the game, we must address. So we mm-hmm. don't want we don't want dudes blowing kisses all over the court.
2: No, right? I mean okay.
1: Just... <laughs> I mean it's really friendly and nice. It's just not basketball. So let's keep it <laughs> yeah, respectful. They the okay, they were probably there's probably a little humor involved. So depending, you know, if you think there's humor involved, maybe you can give a humorous response, but you're still managing them and letting them know that that's not acceptable. But right. to answer exactly. your question, I don't think it's a technical foul unless like he kisses the other player and the players like wants to fight him now, you know, like. Well, again, another very another abnormal yeah, situation. Yeah, it would get to
2: that point, like because the one guy he said, "What happens if you fight? Like, are you really kicked out?" I said, "Yes, you are." He said, "What about after the game?" I said, "You have to be off the premises." So the other guy was getting really upset about it, but he stopped doing it. Type of okay. deal. He was just, I, I noticed the men's league. There are like, a lot. Well, there's one college league. Um, so they're really like they know the rules. So like, as a get for these games, I try to make sure you know. I'm on it for that one, you know, just because they will. There was a time where one of the officials started counting and he done the wrong count. He said five seconds, but he started his dribble before or after he called it. And um, the one player got so mad, was yelling at the official, like, what do you do in that situation? You know, the.
1: (laughs) What did he say the official?
2: So he was just going off. He said, oh, that's terrible. He was just going off. But in this league, you know, they let the men get away with a lot. And sometimes the officials will just yell right back to him type of deal, too.
1: <laughs> no, but what, whatever anybody else does and has done in the past history, like Chad said, that's irrelevant. It's just mm-hmm. totally irrelevant. We have to be difference makers with that. We have to bring a level of professionalism that's going to kind of change the culture around um, and my thoughts on when a, somebody shouts that's terrible to a rep, I think it's an automatic technical foul, in my opinion. I know I'm, I'm, I'm probably in the minority based on so many people I've talked to, partners in person, people online, they're like shocked to hear that. In my opinion, it's an automatic technical foul because it's a personal insult. If I say, Taylor, your hair looks terrible. First of all, I'd be lying because it looks great. But that's a personal insult. I'm Why? talking about your hair and I'm calling it terrible. I think that's automatic. Now, it may not be automatic in every situation. I may say it soft like a baby. Oh, that's terrible. And I don't feel motivated to give a technical foul when someone speaks to me like that. It's a little too soft. So there's you have to be contextual and you have to be in the moment and understand that exact situation. But that's something I would probably address with no words and just a technical foul.
2: Okay. Yeah. I just didn't know where they only have a certain amount, you know, I feel like they let them get away with too much, but then you also have the high school kids watching these games as well. So that's, that's when I'm like, Oh gosh, you know, we got to stand up for ourselves sometimes. I did have a high school game yesterday. Just real quick. Just
1: real quick. Here's another good response for everybody. If you decide not to give a technical foul, when someone says you're horrible or terrible, just play the, I would never card. Johnny, I would never tell you you're a terrible player. I have way more respect for you. Now, Johnny feels like a jerk after I just said that. And Johnny's not going to say anything back to me, most likely, mm-hmm. in my experience. So um, the I would never card works in any situation. If you feel somebody's being disrespectful to you or, or does something unprofessional and you're not going to give a technical foul, write these three words down. I would never. And then you fill in the blanks. You fill in right. the blanks to whatever situation you're in or whatever they said to you at that time. Okay. What were you saying about high school?
2: So I finally got two high school games last night, and I had a boy who kept just asking. He kept just saying, oh, this team's, you're not calling it. Y'all aren't calling it the right way. Um, they're hitting me. This is terrible. And um, one of the, I finally, I didn't say anything to him. How many times? How
1: many step. times did you see him saying rude remarks? One, so six.
2: About, yeah, probably two or three in the first half. And then at halftime, I went him. So let me just
1: stop you right there. Mm-hmm. I, I pretty much give somebody one time. Okay. The, the second time, now it's a trend. Now we have to address it. So what I'm mm-hmm. telling you is don't even let it get to that second half. Okay. Don't even let it get to the third or fourth time. Because now it's built way more momentum and it's harder to control. Chad, what mm-hmm. do you think?
0: Oh, a- absolutely. I'm sorry. I was just putting the clap emoji because I agree completely. There are certain lines. Um, you know, It doesn't have to be the profanity. Um, just being disrespectful and, and being a teacher or any of us that are in those types of situations who do NFHS, NFHS the, the best thing that I think they could have done is they compared the classroom to the court or the field or wherever mm, the, the, the sport is happening. And so it's very simple to look at a coach and say, coach, you wouldn't allow your player to speak to your, their teacher that way or their principal. So we're not going to do it here or coach. You wouldn't speak to another adult in their profession that way. So, you know, if that's their warning, or if they say, what did I do coach? It's disrespectful. It's not part of the game and you can't do that. And, and so, Whenever there's anything that's borderline like that, we, we'll, we'll tell them. We just come out and say, Coach, that's the last time. We're not going to have that discussion again. But there's been times, I mean, I don't know if now is the time, but at some point you got to get Alex to explain to you how he gave a technical to an assistant coach when he wasn't even refereeing on the court. So it's a great story, but it binds right up with not being professional and not, you know, taking – Anything from anybody.
1: Let, let me uh, let me let Alex unmute in one second. Let me just add a, add a point. I, I loved what your response to that coach was, and that's exactly what I'm. Um, similar effect to the I would never. Right, you're you're giving a response that's going to instantly provoke. Uh, inspire empathy for the coach to say, oh my God, he's right. I would never do that. I'm unprofessional. I wouldn't do that in the classroom. So it's almost like you're waking them up and bringing them back to reality. One thing I would add or suggest is I'm not big on explaining technical fouls to coaches because they're adults and I don't need to explain their behavior to them. I've found that when I do that, I lose control of that conversation. I'd rather stand firm and not explain it and just explain it with the technical foul. If you don't know, then he should probably watch more film or be more introspective of who he is as a human being. Alex, tell me about your story.
4: Uh, yeah. So that, that's, I wasn't even going to describe that one, but we'll, we'll get into that since that's a conversation. Um, I would, we, we were running a couple courts for an AAU tournament. Um, and two of our crew members were on the court. It was probably a eighth or a freshman uh, type of boys game. Um, and, uh, the one assistant coach on the bench, every time he thought his players were, were getting fouled or needed a call, it was, that's bad. That's terrible. You're that's, you're missing this. You're missing that, da, da, da. you know, and, and the one time it was, it was a little bit too much. And I was sitting off behind the bench, just where our little setup and area was. and I go, Hey coach, coach, I, I if you have a question, our, our crew is more than approachable, uh, at the, at the right time. Um, but I can't have you talking to my crew like this constantly up and down the court. You're taking their focus away from the game, which is most important. Um, and he then proceeded to tell me to sh- shut my mouth uh, and that I wasn't officiating. So I grabbed my whistle, walked onto the court, stopped the game, gave him a technical, and they shot the shots. Um, what's nice about this is uh, my dad and I, Chad, um, we do a good job of when we get to the courts, whether it be AU or school ball. Who's our side administrator? Um, and we let them know right away, hey, this is, we, we do things the right way. Um, and for this particular tournament, they allowed us to give technicals to parents. If, if they were acting, um, you know, over the top, uh, that can be, you know, uh, handed to, to coaches. So a parent gets technical, the coach has to sit down for that as well. Um, but, you know, it, it's just another thing of, I think goes along with having our partners back. Um, because they weren't necessarily aware um, of all of it. They were trying to ignore it, um, but it's just not something that we can kind of tolerate. We let one, one team or one person do it, um, and we now give permission for everyone to, to do that or, or
1: say the things that they say. I just had a vision of uh, the future of basketball where we only allow, fan, you allow fans to come in. They have to sit in a specific section. So we separate the teams. And if there's any unsportsmanlike behavior, it's an automatic technical foul. And then in order to attend future games, you have like a record sheet and uh, a past history of your behavior. And like, that, that's pretty interesting. Uh, never heard that before, but, but that, glad, glad you shared that. Anybody have any follow-up to that? That would be a long
5: list, Paul, if they had to keep <laughs> all of those technical yeah. fouls of the parents that they gave them
1: to. Well, it would be someone would be appointed that. It would be a new salaried position.
5: Yeah, or it could be some kind of fine they would have to pay or
1: something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Great stuff, guys. On, uh,
6: yeah, well, I wanted to, you know, back to Taylor and helping specifically with this men's league because I've actually done a ton of men's leagues, and I agree with you. you. Like, you see a lot of plays you probably wouldn't see in other in, in your high school game. But, um, you know, I think it, you're in a, a, a tough situation, Taylor, because if you give a in your league, that league with the rules, you give them a technical, they're out. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what I try to do is, is, is let them know, Hey, that's, that's warrants of a technical foul. Don't do it again. Next time it's a technical and then they know the consequence. Right. So, um, and, and I guess I would, I wouldn't be afraid to kick some, uh, you know, give someone a technical and kick them out early. Right. That'll show the players. You'll start to get a reputation. Like I, I hand out teas in this adult league that I run. I probably hand out one or two a, a night. Right. Because, these guys run their mouth and yeah. it's gotten to the point now where guys realize, okay, Hey, I got to watch it with Alan. Like he's, he's not going to put up with it. Um, I kicked the guy out eight minutes into the game, gave him two technicals. He was out furious. That kid has never, hasn't given me a problem since that was, you know, three months ago. Hasn't given me, hasn't said a word to me since. And I think they, and they, need, they need to learn uh, what's appropriate and what's not. So I think, you know, letting them know, Hey buddy, that's that's warrant of a technical foul I could give you a technical foul for that cut that out don't do that again and if they do it again then you you're you uh penalize them appropriately so that would be my suggestion in uh in these adult men's leagues
2: I do think sometimes you have to do that just to get respect by some people which is crazy but sometimes it works like you go you talk hey, to them warn them but <laughs>
6: What's the, what's the group's opinion on, let, let's talk about like AAU, right? These kids are at summer ball. They're trying to learn. They're they're trying to get their experience um, and what they can and can't do during the reg- regular season. Are you guys more, are you guys quick to kind of give them some preventative officiating to cut out that bad behavior? So they learn, or are you guys teching them up right away nor how you normally would in a
1: regular season, high school game? Let's hear from uh, Sal. Sal, thanks for joining
3: us. Oh, yeah, yeah. My pleasure. Thanks for uh, for having us on that end of it. Um, you know, my philosophy is ultimately, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more approachable with the players as far as talking with them. If they're approachable as far as talking with them about, like, unsportsmanlike behavior, because then when you speak to one person, identifying that one person as, like, kind of the either the better player or the one that is more – the player that gravitates to the rest of the team, he'll usually help you out. He or she will usually help you out throughout the duration of the game. If you talk with them and let them know, hey, look, I really need your help tonight or today as far as this. Can you talk to number 25 and 37? Let them know what's going on. Um, That will usually be my preventative officiating as far as the AAU circuit. But there's times where you have an AAU team where everybody has just a bunch of egos. And, and sometimes if it warrants it, the way I try to approach it is if I can't talk to any of them, I have a little side conversation with either the coach during intermission, if it's possible, and or if I'm sideline oriented, and then pretty much go from there. If it continues, then I'll usually go ahead and issue a technical foul. And that way, for me in my perspective, I gave them an opportunity to ultimately address the issue. And if they don't, then it's my job to ultimately make sure that I manage to get into needs each happen from there. That's just my. That's the way I do it. So, thanks for sharing that, um, Alex.
1: Anything to add there? By the way, before you yeah, start, no, did you just what? get? Did you just, did you just get married? Who me? Yeah. Did you not?
4: <laughs> no. 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 I don't even have a girlfriend. <laughs> I don't got time for that.
1: My bad. Disregard. <laughs> Continue. (laughs)
4: Um, No, the only thing I wanted to add is 100%. um, I'm more of a talker during AAU um, in in a good way. Um, I want to communicate with players a lot more because AAU was the time for me to grow as a player when I was playing. Um, Same as summer league. So it's a time to get better. So I want to talk to players more on the court. Um, So, you know, normally... You know, they run up, two hands goes on a player, you know, and in a school game, I'm hitting that right away. But in this, hey, keep it legal, hands off, keep it legal, hands off, giving them a chance to, to learn, correct it um, for things like that. In terms of a little bit more egregious, um, that would lead to a technical. Um, I'm very forthcoming. Um, my philosophy is if, if you want attention, I'll be more than happy to give you attention. I'll stop the game and be like, hey, coach, 30 He's got to stop talking to us. He can he can play. He can officiate. He can't do both at the same time. He's going to play. I need him to play, not talk to us. Um, you know, and, and usually I've never had an issue with a player after that point because, you know, they're not used to that type of bad, per se, attention. Um, you put the spotlight on them once and kind of embarrass them in front of parents and coaches in, in a humbling way. Um, I haven't had any issues past that. And if I do, then, yeah. Um, we usually hit them with a technical, but it it rarely gets to that point.
1: I think I, uh, I congratulated a different Alex Oaks on Facebook for getting married. Uh, I haven't seen a ton of pictures of you, so I thought it was you, but, um, (laughs) I love what you said. Love what you said. Now, let me just say this to everybody. I want you guys to have the versatility and the ability to referee any game on any level at any time, anywhere. That being said. The closer you can get to a universal approach every single time you go out on the court, regardless of the level, the better off you're going to be. So I don't make too many adjustments. I don't say, oh, this is AAU. I have to go ref this way. No, it's just a game. It's a game that requires this. So this is what we have to go execute on. I want you guys to have that fundamentals, just the same kind of approach, but then you have the versatility to adjust based on that level. So don't do too many things differently. Keep keep you know keep it the same as much as you can. Um, Taylor, you're our topic curator. What else you got for us today?
2: Oh, I got a couple more of like just the men's league, and then like just the other leagues that I've been doing before, after school ball that I had a couple questions about. Um, there was a situation the team was up still, probably about fifteen. He shot the ball like, and it was enough to fake someone out, but literally landed probably like two feet in front of him so he was at the three-point line what would you do in that situation because i mean it was enough to fake the person out and he had his form like it looked like a shot but it obviously was not
1: so he shot a, it from, from where
2: the three-point line
1: he and shot it landed three, where on the, probably on the like line?
2: yeah probably like that and okay he still so got he, it.
1: so it wasn't a did you rule it a shot or did you rule I, it a
2: I thought it was a shot, but then the other official was like, if I was your situation, I probably would have done a walk because it wasn't even close to the basket. But I was like, well, his form, and it faked the other person out, so it made me start second-guessing because I was like, I know it obviously wasn't towards the, like, it was not close. He obviously did it to just, like, I guess, show off and, you know,
1: okay. type so- of deal.
2: That so just that's just
1: him. that's just something that you would have to have made the determination on the spot. If we all had the play in front of us, then we could accurately tell you what it is. But let's go more of a rule route with this play. <laughs> um, what's what's the legal ruling if I do that, just as you described, and then I go yeah. running, I shoot it, but it's not a shot. Let's say it's not a shot, but I'm <laughs> it's in the form of a shot. I shoot it, it bounces. Can I go pick it up? Right. Can I go pick it up?
2: You can, as long I mean, as you shot it. Mm-hmm.
1: No, no, but but you're ruling it that it's not a shot. Man. You're oh, ruling then it no. to just be a pass. Oh, what then what no. does everybody else on the call call say? A1 has the ball, passes, and then go. the ball bounces, and then he goes and catches it with two hands. What's the ruling, legal or illegal?
2: Illegal.
0: illegal. I would say
1: illegal on that. Put it through the chat. What do you got?
5: You said the ball bounced. Paul, you A1, said the ball bounces onto
1: the ground? A1 catches the ball, huh? does a little fake shot, but we know it's not a shot because it only goes three feet. And then he runs, the ball bounces, and he catches it. Okay, I see travel there, I see illegal, I see illegal, illegal, ooh, illegal, a lot of illegals. Tell me why that is illegal. What is illegal about that?
5: I think it's... I'm thinking the fact that it bounced first. It's not like he caught
1: it. Um, Isn't that essentially the start of a dribble? Luke says legal. Luke, why is it legal?
4: Uh, Ball can bounce to the floor prior to to picking it back up. Right. So I can throw it ahead. Ball bounces. I can go pick up the dribble because I've lost control of the ball and then regaining. Team control again.
6: Well, you, you left the ground to shoot. You leave the ground to shoot.
1: Both feet okay, are I in did, the air. I, okay, I didn't, I didn't add that to our equation. Um, okay, well, yeah. Jumps, leaves the ground, right? Okay. So if he leaves the ground, I think that's a different play.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's a different play. If you're leaving the ground and throwing to the floor, then that's a travel, right? But if you're on the floor, throwing it in the head.
1: Let's yeah. go to a more realistic play that I saw this year. A1 has the ball. He's going to pass to A2, but A2 then cuts. So there's nobody there. Can A1 go and grab that ball? Let's, let's do that again. Um, put it through the chat What you guys got. Huh? A1 has the ball, just caught it. Goes to pass to A2. A2 cuts. He's no longer there. A1 goes and grabs the ball. Legal or illegal? Uh, Lydia says he sh- you have illegal because you can't pass to yourself. Well, was that a pass or was that a start of a dribble? That's a legal play. That's a legal yeah. play. Now, here's how it is: has to be legal. If I catch the ball, I cannot dribble it and then yeah, do that. We're yeah. talking this is the the start of it. I catch it, I pass it, so the ball bounces. That's a dribble. I can go now grab it with two hands and then I can no longer dribble now, or I can continue dribbling with one hand and, and play on. So that would be, that would be legal. I had this play earlier this year and this is what it's the exact play that happened. And I think my partner had to travel, but that forced us to get in the rule book and and look at this play. And I know everybody in the gym is going to say illegal. You can't pass to yourself. Well, it's not a pass. It's, essentially it's, it's a, you're, you're batting or throwing the ball on the ground to start a dribble. I mean, look at the definition of a dribble, right? Um, so you have to make sure you catch it with two hands. Now, if you catch it with two hands and then re-dribble, that's a double dribble. Everybody good with that? Yeah. Cool. Now, if I had dribbled, 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 pick up, pass to my teammate, now I can't go get that ball right? Cause I already used my dribble. And then that, that now is a pass. That's not, we're not, that's not going to be considered the start of a dribble there. So hopefully you guys see this in your game one time. I'm sure you will. And just know those three different kind of variations of what we talked about, how it would be illegal. And then when it would be legal, everybody good with that? Cool. Taylor, what else you got?
2: Um, there was another situation where the team was down by like, you know, a couple points, you know, at the end, they're trying to foul. Um, Well, the person throwing it in, threw it to the person, they had the ball, but still down at the bottom, there was this dude off the ball holding the dude for a foul. So it's in that situation, like it's one-on-one situation, they're trying to foul, but they didn't foul towards the ball. They just fouled whoever they were guarding and the ball was already down the court. But the one ref didn't call it. So I saw it, but I didn't call it because I didn't know to watch the ball. Of course, I was in the sea at that time. But, like, in that situation, the person who got fouled would shoot the one-on-one, right? Even though he doesn't have the ball type of deal. (laughs) How
1: would would you guys handle this in an NFHS game, the situation that Taylor just described? It's an
6: intentional foul.
1: Intentional. Why, Why is that? Intentional
6: play off the ball you're not making a play on the ball you're fouling a player that's not involved in the play so it'd be intentional foul two shots and that that actually should have happened in you know in that rec league too that should that should have been the call
1: yeah that's the old hack-a-shack rule they're just running up and fouling a person who's not even close to the play Mm -hmm. So did you guys administer an intentional foul or you just called it a comment? By
2: the time the person got down a little bit, we caught a foul on the ball instead of the one holder
1: So, so uh, one good thing I like, I like to do in these situations to be proactive leading into the play, and if I know they're going to foul, go for the ball. Hey, White, hey, White, make sure you go for the ball. Say it a couple mm-hmm. times to a couple different players to avoid this situation. I mean, these aren't – these aren't plays we, we love to see, I don't think. I don't think the game in general likes to see this play, but that is the rule. So I think if we can just be proactive to potentially avoid it, maybe we can't, maybe we can, maybe we can't. But I think those preventative measures are, are good to apply in those late game situations when you know the defense is going to foul. Uh, okay.
6: Okay.
2: Um, I've had situations cause, um, I was doing like rec league, like young, younger kids, probably fourth and fifth grade for girls. And, um, I've had coaches just yell at me saying, this is rec league. This ain't school ball about rules and stuff. Cause where I'm at the rec, I guess the refs do it not the right way. I don't know, but it's hard going in and officiating and trying to do right. And then I get, I question myself on a lot of rules Cause like, I'll think I'm right. And then the, you know, the older person will out me. And then now I have this group to, you know, explain mm-hmm. my situations, but I, you know, I, I just some things I'm like still confused about. <laughs> I, I understand
1: like there's a rule sheet on a lot of the scores tables in these gyms that are specific to the league. However, it's all under the umbrella of the NFHS. Mm-hmm. So that's how we got to call it now. Now, which is there a play in particular where a coach is saying that's not the rule here? Do you know what he what he meant I mean, by that was, specifically?
2: I, I literally this kid had a bloody nose and I went it was halftime and I went to the bathroom and I saw blood on his jersey. So I was being nice. I said, hey, by the way, your player can't come in until, um, you know, he gets a different jersey. He's like, well, we don't have extra jerseys, you know, and I was like, well, i um, just get a t-shirt there's kids that playing t-shirts all the time they're like this is not school ball this is just rec league and I was like well that's I I don't know It was just blood like nobody should be on play with blood on the jersey and another play they wanted us to stop the play immediately when someone was hurt and I said no you can't do that and they were like they came on the court yelling and type of deal And I was, and they yelled at the other official and the other official was new. And I was like, Hey, like we're doing it. No, you can't do that. Like I had to be the person to step in and make a big deal about that. I just thought it was crazy how, you know, a lot of people don't really hear the stuff, the rules.
1: I know know it was a rec league situation. So you were close to the coach, uh, you know, um, but I would recommend not speaking to the coach at halftime. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I understand you're trying to be proactive in that situation, so that's great, but blood is non-negotiable, so you just have to have that inner strength and that grasp on the rule book, and I know that's tough because you're still learning it, and we all are, right? But the more you have these rules at your disposal, then you can present these rules and be the authority figure in the game and come with that professional communication, right? And just because a player is hurt, it doesn't mean you necessarily stop the game, it, um if if you think there's going to be more danger, right, if, if you're putting the player in danger or you need immediate medical attention, those would be good reasons to stop the game. But yeah. if I just fall down after missing a layup and I hurt my ankle and now the other team's going back on the other end, we're not going to stop that play just yet. We're going to give that team a chance to score or let the ball settle. It's really only a matter of a few seconds. And if a coach just runs out on the court, now essentially we have a technical foul. Yeah,
2: that's. What, I mean, if and it was just it was a weird situation because I was literally like, I mean, it technically should have been that situation, but they were mad, you know. They're like, "This is just rec league, you know. We need to stop." I was like, "That's not how you do it."
1: So no, but even <laughs> get more professional here. Okay, this is rec league, and I respect that. However, we're playing NFHS rules, and here is the rule on this, and then you just apply it, and then there's nothing they could say because now you're you're raising the level of of communication from just how a player, how a fan, how a coach talks to a referee providing actual rule-based answers. Mm-hmm. They don't have the answers. They're just speaking on the culture and what they're used to. And they're giving you their perception of it. You have to be the expert and provide those, those rule-based explanations there and mm-hmm. it'll come with time.
2: Okay. And then, um, so I'll, this is two years ago. It was my very first game refing, and I had to do like middle school JV boys and middle school varsity, and um, I was down there watching the team warm up, and I heard in the background, because all the varsity was sitting there, they're like, i fell on purpose to watch you blow. But I didn't even acknowledge it, and I didn't know what to do in that situation. Like, how would you address that situation? Like, I told my assigner after the game, and he, um, he told me it should have been like starting the game with technicals, but I didn't know who it was. I didn't even acknowledge it or nothing. I had my back turns towards them type of deal.
1: This came from a coach or player, you said?
2: Players. I don't know. I just know it was a varsity was sitting in that section and where I was watching the JV warm up, they had that comment. And they said, I just
1: fouled to watch you blow? Yeah. Blow blow the whistle?
2: Yeah. Or did you feel
1: like it was an inappropriate comment?
2: It was definitely probably inappropriate with middle school boys, you know. And a lot of people don't like to ref at that school because they're disrespectful as well. Um, I mean
1: we have zero leniency for inappropriate comments that are going in that direction and I know where you're headed but we don't need to go there I mean if you feel like this is something totally inappropriate it's a technical foul there's no discussion you don't defend yourself you just apply the rule there um, if you think it was just it a co- the, oh sorry I was
2: just no, going to say whereas, would it be for the varsity game since it was obviously a varsity player oh, okay
1: so okay. you're saying this is a non this is just a fan then right sitting in the crowd yes yeah. okay
2: type of deal
1: so this might be a situation where you you would get game management there and, and i love that that what alex said and this is something i want to put in my pregame right at the very top who is the site supervisor every time you walk into a locker room with your partner say all right guys we're at so-and-so school our site supervisor is this this way of any." thing like this pops off, then you know who to go to who your point person is to go and handle this situation. So I would treat this person like a fan, not a player. We're not giving <laughs> a technical foul here. If you think they made it a rude, inappropriate or sexual based comment, then they're out of here. <laughs> so you got to find the site supervisor and say, Oh, he's got to be removed doesn't matter if he is playing next game. He's a fan right now. Okay. They can figure all that out. Next game, whether he's playing, I don't know. This is crossing the line of something we don't really hear much of, but
2: Yeah, I was my very first game. I just didn't know how to I just acted like I didn't even hear it and just, I didn't really know who said it or what. I didn't want to okay. address it a bigger deal.
1: Got it. So you didn't have a hundred percent info who it was, but um hopefully you don't hear hear something like that again.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> First name, first game, you know, I totally know. Um, and there's also been some situations. Hold on one
1: second. Sorry to interrupt you. Alex got something for you. What do you got, Alex?
4: Yeah, I actually had a very similar situation to that where I was working uh, a girls JV game. Um, and my uh, partner was was female. And I've known her for a while. Actually, we took the class together and whatnot. Um, and they were making comments to me about her and I's relationship. And I... And I, at the next ball, side administration was standing at the door, and, and we had spoken before the game and, again, just reemphasizing knowing who that is. And they went over, addressed it, um, and, and nothing was happening. Nothing happened from there on out. Um, and they were made aware of it before the girls' of city game as well. And we told those officials, too, like, hey, this is the situation we just had. You know, side administration has been uh, told about it. They, they've, they're aware of, of what's going on. Um, so if anything like that happens again, you know, this is the next steps that, that we're doing and we should be taking. So just reemphasizing um, those type of situations.
1: Good stuff. Thanks for making that connection, similar uh, situation. What were you we about to say before that, Taylor?
2: Oh, there's another situation. Um, and it was a two-man crew doing school ball for middle school. Um, the team made it so the other team is taking it out or whatever. And then um, they pass it, and then the other team tips it. So they still get to take it out. Well, after that, the ref moved them over a little bit where the pass tipped out. Well, then the next play, they come and they switch. And I was all the way at trail, you know, and I saw them switch, and I knew that was legal, but he still let them switch, and then they came out in the ball. Because after it's tipped, you know, the other team tipped it, they don't have baseline anymore. Correct? Correct.
1: Anybody want to chime in here? Hold on.
5: When you say t- they tip the ball out of bounds.
2: Mm-hmm. So we're like now that. the other,
5: t- so we're now the team that had it, it still has to throw-in? Yes. Okay. So spot. Yeah. Yeah. So now they have a spot throw-in. So now they can't switch once the referee has put the ball at their disposal. Now they do that. Now that's a throwing violation.
2: Right. And I saw that all the way in trail, but like. I didn't want to call him off for one because it was still my first year. But I even saw that and knew that was wrong. But and it was like a two or three point game. So it really could have changed the game if, you know, it happened or, you know, I just didn't know if I should call that off or where he's all the way over there. Like, what do you do in that situation?
5: And so your partner didn't blow the whistle at all? No,
2: he just let it go. And all the fans were crazy. I mean, I saw it from trail, but I didn't do anything about it because I was so far down too.
6: That, I, I think you, you, you.
0: That was a you, that you was a great it. answer.
2: I just don't. Yeah, you know, I didn't know what to do in that situation. I just called my signer to confirm, like if I was right or not. Because even after the game, the ref said, "I bet you didn't know after a made shot they can switch like that on the baseline." And I was like, I didn't know that, but I just didn't, you know, say anything. I don't know. I just had to call the signer and make sure like I was right before I want to say anything. Cause I was still learning the rules myself.
1: Yeah. I mean, in two person game, high school setting, I mean, if, in any game, but if you're a hundred percent about something in crunch time, and yeah. we got to bring the information, you know, if possible. I mean, I'm not, necessarily speaking specifically about this play but just a kind of a bigger picture approach you know if you're 100 and it's a game changer like that's a crew saving call potentially or that's crew saving information potentially so what we say in the pregame if you have information if you have a hundred percent information bring it at all times mm-hmm. if you have 99 then you have zero in my opinion <laughs> I like that, <laughs> and that's just to show you guys you've got to be a hundred yeah. and in everything.
6: And you're you're coming in and you're conferring with the partner. You're not coming in blowing that and, and calling a violation, right? You're 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 getting together, talking about it. Hey, here's what I got, and then letting the, the you know the, the lead right there call that call that play.
1: You're you're bringing information, and then they're going to correct it. But make sure we bring a hundred percent information, and not say, "Hey, Alan." Alan, on this play, I have this. Here's what I want you to say. Keep it very simple. Alan, I'm 100% Mm -hmm. that so-and-so occurred, and this is what we have to do. You good with that, partner? I'm good with that. Do-do-do-do. Correction. And then you tap your chest. Be confident when you're wrong. Be confident when somebody's coming to change an out-of-bounds call. I'll thank you for doing that. Taylor, I screw up an out-of-bounds call. You say, Paul, I'm 100%. It was tipped off the defense. It should be white ball. Thank you, partner. We're good. Do, 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 do. Correction. White ball. Mm -hmm. And it just shows that trust.
2: When I went to that camp, I thought it was awesome how you, like, asked for help because, like, usually people never ask for help. And I'm like, there's no way you know 100% every time. Like, I, I don't care to ask for help when I need to know the ball situation, you know, who it's tipped out on. But i just I just now started asking, you know, for help because I've not seen that where I'm from. Like, people just usually guess and just go with it.
1: And speaking specifically for out-of-bounds plays, if you ask for help, the procedure should be, Taylor! Or, partner, help! And then right <laughs> after that, simultaneously, you're going to blow your whistle. You're going to point the new direction and say the new color. So okay. it's just like, almost like I'm passing you the ball. There's no... There's no lag time, Mm -hmm. boom, help, boom, call. Not like, partner, what do you got? And then he goes like this. (laughs) I know you guys have all seen that. Like, we don't believe you. We don't believe you when you do that. So that's just procedure for you guys on changing out of bound calls, whether you're the calling official who's asking for help or the official who's helping out with with the new information. Let's see if we can get one more in, Taylor. You got any other uh, plays or topics you want to discuss with the group?
2: Um, I was just going to add one more thing to it because I was listening to Rob and Ed's um, podcast or little episode today, and they were saying on them out-of-bounds calls, sometimes like where we don't have monitors, we can just honestly wait a second before you call what, what way it's going. And they said sometimes the offense and defense will let you know. If you're like not – For sure. They said, take that second to just, you know, pause and then maybe. Yeah, that that
1: could that could be true. That could be. I know that I've been in situations where I don't know whose ball it was and the whole all 10 players are going that way. We're going this way, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure you guys have done that, too. But that's not a strategy we're going to use. That's a last effort resort or just feel in the moment like. Just the pure feel of, of the game, but not something we're gonna really discuss, you know.
6: Actually, hey, I have a question. I actually this play happened again. This is summer league right? but let's let's assume this happens in a in a high school game. I, I, I see the play, I call it one way. I thought I thought I saw it off. And the guy, the 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 team that it would have been the balls, so he, he goes, No, I tip that out. And everyone else is going, so I mean, do you take that information? Like, what do we do with that information? like i i i stayed with it i said guys I, I had it off of this color we're staying here even though the well, guy that the guy was admitting he's like i hit it out well yeah i'm like y- you're also wrong on 90 percent of the other calls you're asking for right why am i going to believe you now that was my thought process so but love to hear you guys' thoughts
1: juan what are you going to do with that information
5: i don't know i've actually had that um I think I stayed with it with my call, um, because I don't know their, you know, I don't know their intention. Like, you know, maybe he's just messing with me to see what what they get out of me. Um, there is time. There was one time though that I did feel like he didn't mean no harm and he was just being honest, just like an honest kind of guy. Um, but I think to your point, I'll stay with it and and I, I, again, I don't know their intention. So, um, unless my partner comes in with that and. Switches it, then I'm just gonna stay with that. I, I, you know, I missed it. You know, it's similar to I missed a call. We, I'll get the next one, but I'm not gonna switch it based on the on a player telling me what they did or didn't do.
6: I mean, needless to say, the other team was not happy that I didn't reverse the call. You know, when they're hearing the other guys say I tipped it out, you know, but I'm like, it's what I got. So,
1: and we're not here for their happiness. Yeah, they're going to have to figure that out on their own end yeah that Um, actually just happened last night mm -hmm. listen if it's something you feel like maybe in in hindsight a few seconds later you kind of rewind the play in your head and you think he is right then boop 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 correction black ball but you got to make it official and you got to correct yourself and we're not taking the advice of players and applying it to our game so uh i hope this was really helpful i want to i want to actually continue on with this format in the future uh where we just kind of have one person kind of lead the topics if you guys want to do that so if you're interested in kind of doing what taylor did where she just rounds up a bunch of questions and topics i think it'd be very beneficial for the group did you guys think this was a good new format i know some of you are new on the call alex thanks for coming Good, good. Juan, is good to see your face. And uh, Sal, really good to see you too. Justin, appreciate your support. Lydia, Shiloh, congrats on your camp. And uh, Alex, thanks for bringing dad today. But um, it's great, great seeing you guys. Have so much uh, appreciation for every single one of you. And uh, we will be back Friday with Coach Aldery. He's a coach from New Jersey. He wants to ask me a series of questions. So if you're available Friday at 4 o'clock, Uh, to jam or at least just sit in on the session. I'd love to have you. And as you know, I put out the schedule every Monday morning, uh, Monday, at some point on Monday, Uh, you'll get it uh, on Instagram and on mentor schedules. Remember, we only use the one zoom link, unless it's with an outside person. So coach Al dairy on Friday will give me a zoom link, and I'll put it in the mentor schedules um, channel. But besides that, we just we just have the one link that we use. So um, yeah, good. Alan, you got a lot of play. You got, you would love to get uh, feedback on great. So just, um, private message me guys, if you want to have one of these and we'll work it in, but Taylor, thank you for all of this. This was great. I knew thank it would be man. beneficial for the group. Thank you for listening to the crown refs podcast, serve the game.